Welcome to Good Christophian Talks. I'm Levi. And I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. Thank you for joining us this week. On this podcast, we select one talk a week to help us get the Bible in our daily newsfeed. We post a new episode at the start of each week with a short intro beforehand to kind of set the stage for the talk you're about to listen to. And now, let's talk more about this week's talk. This week's class is a lecture by Brother Stephen Hornhart that he gave in 2018 at the Watchman Bible School called Unlocking the Time Periods in Revelation. Um, this class is unique in a few ways for the show. Um, one is that it's another one um, from this same format. So the Watchman Bible School, which is in British Columbia, uh, Canada, I've never been there, um, but they have a uh, bonus class in the evenings. Um, so they'll have an evening program, I, I, from what I understand. And then a class that begins at 9 p.m. in the evening, um, which this is one of those. We've had a few episodes, actually, from this exact kind of class period um, on the show. I think it's because these classes translate really well to a single standalone kind of podcast. Um, So this is one of those. Um, This also is a class that was not a suggestion. Um, I did some looking for different Revelation classes because it's something I'm studying and found this one and uh, thought this was great for the show. So um, Steve, Brother Steve has been on the uh, podcast before because he's really easy to listen to, uh, very fun to listen to. And I think that's what makes this class work for the podcast. Um, There is an accompanying slide deck, a PowerPoint that you can watch or or follow through with on ChrisDelphinBibleTalks.com. There's also a second part uh, to this class, um, which you can look up there. Um, but I think it, I think it definitely works. I listen to it just in my car, um, driving around. So I think it holds up for anyone else to do the same. Uh, as brother Steven is very easy to listen to, very engaging. Um, and I think he makes a lot of points here that were, um, really well laid out kind of when do we do the thing about multiplying days into years, um, and day and, uh, hours into months and things like that. Um, so, uh, Brother Stephen brings a lot of information in a really quick and engaging way, and I thought it was worth sharing. Um, so here is Unlocking the Time Periods of Revelation with Brother Stephen Hornhart. Now, there's one thing I need to say just before we get started, and that is this. That I noticed on the program with this bonus class, I don't think, to my knowledge, there was any time allotted. Is there not? Is there not? So that's fantastic. So if I, if I get cold and I wrap it up in 15 minutes, that's it. I'm, I'm within the legal limits of the program. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. All right, brethren and sisters. Now, with respect to the time periods of the apocalypse, what we want to do is just have a look at a couple of examples of the time periods and give you a key or give you some keys to unlocking those time periods themselves. So I'll just turn this on here. And let's have a look at the introductory slide. Okay, the key to unlocking the time periods. Now, what we find in the book of Revelation is that we have time periods that we need to either singly convert or we doubly convert or there are no conversions required. In fact, there's only one time period in the apocalypse where no conversion is required. Does anybody know what that one is? It is indeed, and there's a reason. There are three reasons, actually, why there is no conversion required for that 1,000 years. What I want to do, first of all, 
is to just have a look at what we mean by single conversion and double conversion. We've got a number of examples here, but I want to give you an example that I just will dream up in my head, and it will go like this. Now, this is not an example that you'll find in the apocalypse. So let's say, for instance, we read in the book of Revelation, which we wouldn't because it's not there, but if we read in the book of Revelation that there was this monster that was going around a city and was keeping the occupants in the city for two days. So for two days, this monster roamed around the city and would not allow anybody in or out. Now, if we were to look at that apocalyptically and we would go, okay, on the basis of a day for a year principle, which we will use to these single conversions and double conversions, on the basis of a day for a year principle, for instance, Genesis 47 verse 9, uh, Jacob said, the days of the years of my life, days of the years, day for a year. Uh, in Numbers 14 and verse 34, the spies went in for 40 days and spied out the land and therefore Israel would wander in the wilderness one year for each of those days, a day for a year. We know the record in Ezekiel 4 and verses 4 through 6, Ezekiel would lay on his side a certain number of days and those years would be attached to each of those days. And the quotation in Luke chapter 13 and verse 32, they came to Jesus Christ and they said, Herod's after you. And Jesus said, you tell that fox that I must work today and tomorrow and the day thereafter be glorified. And he spoke of the three years of his ministry and looked at them as days. So, so in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we have this principle of a day for a year. Now, single conversion, what do we mean by this little example? So we've got this Hypothetical example of this monster not allowing people in or out of the city. If we were to apply one single conversion on a day-for-year principle, how many years would this creature be wandering around the city? <laughs> Who said that? Because you need to stay back after. <laughs> on a day-for-year principle, this creature would be wandering around the city for... To, yes, indeed, of course, correct. So that is a single conversion. Two days equals two years. If we were to doubly convert that little example, we would then say, how many days in two Jewish years? 720. So there are 720, and on a day for a year principle, it would be 720 years. So we have converted once and then we have converted again. We've done a double conversion. Does that make sense? Single conversion or a double conversion. You convert and then you convert again. The question is, how do we determine when we come to a time period in the apocalypse when we apply a single conversion and a double conversion or a double conversion? Now, I think there are three criteria that help us to decide. You know, sometimes you might hear brethren say, oh, that conversion there, I've got that by looking at history and working backwards. I used to think that was okay, but it doesn't really cut it. I need a bit more, a bit more emphasis and a bit more credibility than just looking at history and working backwards. So what determines whether it's a single or a double conversion? Well, I think there are three criteria. First of all, it must fit the decorum of the symbol. 
Who's not heard of that expression before, the decorum of the symbol? Okay, there's a few of us. That's taken from Eureka, of course, Thomas. Uh, the decorum of the symbol. A decorum is appropriateness of behaviour. So we have decorum at a table, we have decorum in the meetings. So when we convert, the symbol must meet the decorum, the appropriateness of behaviour when we look at this time period. What helps us also determine whether it's single or double is the context of the chapter. What is the context all about? And thirdly, this, whether we go single or double conversion, we must match it against the consistency of indisputable knowns within the chapter. There are some things in chapters in the Apocalypse where you say that's rock solid ground, that's immovable. Therefore, the time period must fit in with those indisputable knowns within that chapter. So, the quorum of the symbol, the context of the chapter, and whether it's consistent with the indisputable knowns within that chapter. All right, having said that, these are the time periods in the Apocalypse. There are 17 of them there. Uh, we don't have the 1,000 years. So you've got chapter 8, you've got chapter 9, you've got chapter 11, you've got chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, 17, 18 to the end. Now, if we were to have a look at these time periods and say, well, which ones are the single conversions? Let's just blot out the double conversions and look at the ones that we have with respect to single conversions. There they are. So in chapter 9 and verse 5, five months, verse 10, five months, uh, verse 15 of chapter 9, one hour, one day, one month, one year, and 42 months, 1260 days, right through there. Now you can see that we've got with respect to the five months twice used in chapter 9, we've got attached to that 150 years and 150 years respectively. Let's do a quick little run through of this one, we'll do another little one, I'll check my watch, and if it's too late for me to go any further, I'm going to bed. Okay, so we'll have a look at this first example, brothers and sisters, and the five months and five months out of Revelation 9, and show you why we singly convert it, and how it in fact does meet the decorum of the symbol, and it does in fact meet the consistent knowns within that chapter. So let's just look at chapter 9 in Revelation there on the screen. Let me come down here so I can read that a little bit better. All right, we'll just come here. It doesn't matter. You don't need to see me. So what I'll do, can I, would you mind if I just borrow this, um, this chair? You, you, you weren't leaning on it, were you? That's all mine. Okay. Okay, I'll just huddle down here with the group and we'll just put myself here. Is that all right? You don't mind my back there? No, I'll turn around this way. That's okay. Okay, brothers and sisters. Now, here we go. Chapter 9. So what we've got here is we've got the fifth angel. So what woe trumpet is this? For all those that were really listening in the last study that we had. It is the first, well done, it's the first woe trumpet. It's the fifth, the sixth trumpet of course is the second woe and then the seventh trumpet is the third woe. So what we've got here is the fifth angel sounded and of course we've got the spread of Islam in this fifth trumpet or this second, or this first woe trumpet. And of course the spread of Islam would be the Saracens streaming out of Arabia into Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, see you in the morning, brother and sisters. Just chat amongst yourselves, will you? Okay, so we've got this. Now, be serious because this is serious. Okay. No, that was fine. 
So we've got here, brothers and sisters, the spread of Islam, and we've got, there we go, Muhammad, first of all, coming up to, well, from Mecca up to Medina, and he, he died very soon after that, and then his, his, uh, his, uh, his successor. They swept into Palestine, and of course, they swept across North Africa into Spain, and of course, tried to come around and take Constantinople. Now, the Islamic Empire, in its zenith, rivaled the Roman Empire, and if you were there in the day, and you wanted to cross from here, to here in the Islamic Empire, it would take you nearly a year to do that. So extensive was the Islamic Empire. So this is what this chapter is about. Now you see here we've got the, well, the fifth trumpet, which is the first woe. And there we are at the end of, uh, or the end of this little section here in verse 12. One woe is past, that is the fifth trumpet, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Well, looking at the context of the chapter, We've got these locusts streaming out, and for those of us who may not be familiar with this, we've got the shapes of the locusts were like horses prepared into battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns of gold, and their faces were as faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were like teeth of lions, and they had breastplates. What did John see? He saw a mob or a swarm of Saracens flying through and doing their conquests. And when you look at that expression there, they had crowns like gold. Well, there are the Saracens, as they went into battle, wearing these yellow turbans. And they had breastplates of iron. Well, in the Quran, we see, and Allah hath given you coats of mail, which protect you in your wars. Quite interesting when you look at that history with respect to this detail given in Revelation chapter 9. Well, what about the teeth like lions? Well, let's have a look at the Lion of Allah, Ali. Muhammad said, who will be my vizier and lieutenant? Ali ibn Abi Talib said, O prophet, I will be thy, thy vizier. I am the man, whoever rises against thee, I will dash out his teeth, tear out his eyes, break his legs, rip up his belly. O prophet, I will be thy vizier. Mouth, teeth like lions. Graphic description, the Bible gives us, of these Muslim warrior locusts as they went into battle. But they're locusts. And therefore, the time period given for us, singly converted, is in verse 5 and verse 10. So these locusts would sting and torment with scorpions' tails for five months and for five months. I feel like a little old man sitting there with that, <laughs> with that blanket. That was really, really nice. Now coming up in a minute. Okay, okay, brothers and sisters, so we've got this five months and five months. Now, it's a single conversion. We don't need to doubly convert on this one. So if we do a single conversion five months, very simplistically, what time are we looking at? Five months, 150 years. So for those who are new to this, five multiplied by 30 days in a month is 150 days. And 150 days is 150 years. Ah, but the Islamic Empire, under these caliphs, under these children of the desert, these, these Saracens, wasn't in existence for 150 years. It was in existence for 300 years. From AD 636 through AD 936. Therefore, why did God not say... You've got five months there and five months there. 
you add both those together and you get 300 years, why did God not put down here and say, well, these locusts would torment and sting and bite for 10 months? And then you would go, 10 months, 10 times 30 is 300, 300 days, a day for a year is 300 years. Why did God not do that? Somebody knows. Exactly. Locusts are busy little creatures for five months. They don't go for ten. So God says, no, we're not going to put in a, a disappropriate decorum when it comes to the context of this chapter. Locusts are active for five months. So God goes, they're going to sting for five months. They're going to sting for five months. Do your little research, put them both together, and we have this Islamic empire with the Saracens going for those 300 years. It's a very simple little example, but it's a very, very appropriate and accurate way in which God causes this to be written. Now, just by a little side, they've got these scorpions' tails. Does anybody know what the scorpions' tails were? Close. Close. Saracen fire. Good. So cannons, cannons are coming next. Okay. Not cannons. So John sees these Saracens charge into battle, and they're towing behind them these scorpions' tails. Now, if you looked in the dictionary and looked up the word scorpion, what you would find is that after it mentions something about this little creature that stings you, you'll find in a dictionary it says this. The scorpion, the definition, an ancient form of a ballista or catapult for hurling stones, etc. And as Brother Bernard had said, for hurling Saracen fire, burning crude oil mixed with secret chemicals to intensify the burning. A powerful sting did John see. And that, brothers and sisters, is what? They were talking about. Now, look at that book. Greek fire, poisonous arrows, and scorpion bombs. What an amazing thing. So there's a history book that talks about the scorpion bombs that they use. And here it is in Revelation chapter 5, talking about the scorpion's stings. Five months, five months, singly converted. We've got 300 years when you bring those both together. Okay, that's the little scorpions and the Saracens. What about this one? Revelation 9 and verse 15. There would be a release of the four angels that would be bound by the river Euphrates. And these four angels, these four Turkomans tribes that would sweep in, the Seljuks, the Mongols, the Tatars and the Ottomans, uh, they would sweep across as a great Turkish flood. And the way in which it should be read, not like our authorised King James Version, where it says in the four angels, these four Turkoman uh, 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 tribes, these four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour. No, no. The four angels, having been prepared, were loosed for an hour, a day, a month, and a year for to slay the third part of men. These scorpions in the first of this uh, uh, chapter, they were tormenting, tormenting and tormenting. They couldn't kill. They wanted to take Constantinople, or did the Saracens. They wanted Europe. They wanted Catholic Europe, and they wanted Constantinople, but they couldn't. They just had to torment, torment. But the Turks come in, and they kill. They can do something the Saracens could not do. And therefore, they were, having been prepared, loosed for the hour, the day, the month, and the year to slay the third part of men. Let's just have a look at that time period. 
single conversion. And you can walk with me through this for those of you who haven't done this before. On a day-for-year principle, what is a day? <laughs> That's one year. That's very good. That's, one. That's, that's quite simple, isn't it? <laughs> On a day for a year. I've got to do something simple because it is at half past nine. And who sits, who sits in a marquee at half past nine in the freezing cold and, and does maths? I ask you. Okay, so a day for a year, a day is a year. What about a month? Very good. That's exactly what I have here. 30 days equals 30 years. Some of us are new to this, so we'll go through it. What about a year? Jewish year? 360 years. So there's 360 days in a Jewish year, so it's 360 years. What about an hour? As a double conversion, yes. One month. There are 12 hours in a Jewish day, said Jesus. Did you not know that there are 12 hours in a Jewish day, said the Lord Jesus? I think it's John chapter 9. There are 12 hours in a Jewish day. It begins at 6 a.m., ends at 6 p.m. 12 hours. Therefore, one hour is a twelfth of a day. As is one month, a twelfth of a year. Single conversion. Hour, month. On a day for a year? Happy with that? So therefore, one hour is one month. Adding the th all of those together, we get these four Turkmen tribes, having been prepared, were released to do a job for 391 years and one month. This is not vague generality, brothers. This is absolutely nailed to the month. And what happened? Well, when the Seljuks came in, the first group of them, when the Seljuks came in, there was a fellow, well, let's have a look how Constantinople was taken first. Constantinople fell to Mehmet II, Mohammed II, on the 29th of May, 1453. They killed the third part of men with cannon. Not these catapults that the Saracens could not destroy or damage Constantinople. But when they determined to take Constantinople was when the Seljuks first came in. And that was the fellow called Togrul Beg. He comes in. He says to the Caliph, where's your daughter? I'm marrying her. And by the way, you are now a puppet. I'll put you over there. I'm in charge. I'm in charge of the Islamic Empire. My name's Togrul Beg. I'm a Seljuk. And when he married the caliph's daughter and became head of the Mohammedan faith, he began a series of assaults on Constantinople. In the 27th of April, 1062, he began, began to take Constantinople. But it would not be taken until 391 years and one month later. That is astounding. We talk about God working with the nation of Israel. We talk about God working back there in the times when the Turks took Constantinople. What an astounding thing. And brothers and sisters, young people, when they took Constantinople, it says in verse 18 of Revelation 9, and by these three was a third part of men killed. A third part of men? Well, the, Roman, uh, the Christian Roman world, the Catholic Roman world, was divided into three sections. The Latin West, which was locked off by the four wind trumpets of chapter 8. The Hellenized Third, which was decimated by the Muslims, the Saracens, as they streamed out of Arabia. That was the fifth trumpet. That was the Saracens with the yellow turbans. 
and a third, the remaining third, was the Hellenic East, which would be taken by the Turks, by fire, by smoke, and by brimstone, which issued out of the mouths of these cannons. In a book called The Hinges of Battle by Dirtschmied, he says this. He says, the hinge of the battle at Constantinople was gunpowder and the cannon, a weapon destined to revolutionise future warfare and a gate was left wide open. And that is one of the cannons that was used to take Constantinople. Have you heard of the story of Urban, the Hungarian bill maker? Have you heard that story? You, you have, who hasn't heard the story of, of, I need to tell you a little story because, because, because I do need to tell you a little story. <laughs> who hasn't the, heard the story of, of, of uh, who hasn't heard the story? Okay, I'll tell you. Who has? All right, you go to sleep. <laughs> uh, brothers and sisters, it's, look, it's amazing. You know, th this person talks about the hinges of battle. He, he, he says it's just, just it's chance, it, incompetence and chance. No, no, God was at work. This cannon was one of the two cannons that they called Mohammedis. They named them after Mehmet or Mohammed II, who, the, who was an Ottoman who was on the other side of the Bosporus trying to take Constantinople. What happened with this, these cannons is there was this fellow who was a Hungarian bell maker and he was, uh, he was making bells. And he must have had a, a fairly <coughs> light day one day and he was just mucking around and, and mucking around is something we say in Australia, which means he was just idly doing little. So, 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 so he got one of these bills, he turned the bill upside down and, and thought, we'll do some experience. So he got the schwarzpulver, this black powder, this, and, and, and so he, he puts this gunpowder in this upturned bell and he puts a wick in there and he lights it and just a bit of a fizz, nothing happened. So he said, hmm, okay, let's put some gunpowder in, let's put a wick in, let's put a rock in the top. So he lights it, woof, and the rock shot out over the other side, bit of a crater in the ground, chickens and pigs flying all over the place, and he goes, wow. So what he says is that, right, I'll, I'll, I'll make a, a rounder tube here. So he makes this kind of like tube thing and he, he puts some gunpowder in there and I've got a little bit of a wick and he puts a rock in there. Pum! Oh, that's great. So he does these sketches and he goes to his wife and he said, oh, I'm going. She says, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Constantinople. He says, the emperor in Constantinople can use this. This is amazing. So he goes to Constantinople, knocks on the door and says, let me in. They said, who are you? He said, I've got, got something for the emperor. Well, they said, come in, show us. And he shows them. And they said, that's ridiculous. Get out. Get out of here. We haven't got time for this. So he goes out very, very put out. He says, oh, I'm going on the other side of the Bosporus and I'm going to the Turks. And I'm going to see the Turks, see if they want this. So he goes to the other side of the Bosporus. And he says to Mehmet II, he says, I've got something for you. And Mehmet says, what is it? Look at this. He says, what is it? He said, I'll show you. So he builds a cannon. And he says to Mehmet II, he says, can you see that ship out there in the Bosporus? He said, yeah. He said, what? Boom! And disappeared. And Mehmet II said, that's fantastic. He says, what can you do to those walls over there at Constantinople? And Urban says, don't know, let me think about it. Well, you know the story, some of you. They called Mehmet II, hunker, drinker of blood. And the reason he got that title was that if you got on the wrong side of him, he would nail your turban to your head while you were alive. And then he would cut your head off. And then he would put your head on a pole. And then he would put it out of his front door. And so he says to Urban, he says, what can you do to these walls? And Urban says, not sure. And Hunkar said, look at those heads. 
Now, what can you do to those walls? And he said, anything you like. <laughs> and so what he did was he built 100 cannons. And he built two cannons, we said, that were so big, so big, they called them Mohammedis. And it took 400 men to move, operate, and maintain one of them. 400 men and 60 oxen. Can you imagine, brothers and sisters, these two great big Mohammedis being dragged up, dragged up to the hill and facing Constantinople? Can you see the people leaning on the walls of Constantinople going, heck, he was here a few months ago selling that, and now he's <laughs> given it to the Turks. Brothers and sisters, God and the angels were there working to make sure that Constantinople did not get the cannons, but rather the Ottomans on the other side, and they took Constantinople in 1453, 391 years and one month after they first. What an astounding thing. And so there is a time period of a single conversion. Have we done enough? <laughs> Are you ready to go to bed? You stop outs. All right, brothers and sisters. Now, that's one hour, one day, one month, and one year. Now, these other single conversions, 42 months, we did that this morning. That's very straightforward, as is the witnesses in 1,260 days. They're all very much the same. This is an interesting one. Revelation 12, verse 14, times, time, times, and dividing of time. In Revelation 12, it's 1,260 days, a woman would be nourished as she flees into a wilderness state. Anyone got any thoughts as to why exactly that same period of time is actually written time, times and dividing of time? Anybody know why in Revelation 12 it changes? It's the same time period. Anyone got any thoughts? No? Yes, it's a key back to Daniel. All right, it's to link us back to Daniel 7. All right? So if you ever read through Revelation 12, the 1260 days in time, time is a year, times is two years, dividing of time is a half a year. So you do a Jewish year, two years and a half a year, add those days together and you get 1,260 days, which is 1,260 years. All right, they're the single times. Now let's just let's do one example, we'll just flip through that. Let's just do one example of a, a double conversion. We've got a few there. We'll save this one for tomorrow's study, it's a fascinating one. The dead bodies laying in the street for three and a half days. As is those, we'll save those for our last study. The one hour of judgment is coming. Let's just tackle, oh, let's tackle that one up there. Revelation 8, verse 1, and that'll be the night for us. All right? Just as an example of a double conversion to meet the decorum of the symbol. Now, we've got there, brothers and sisters, in Revelation 8 and verse 1, a half an hour it is equal to 14 years. Let's just have a quick look at that one in a couple of minutes. How we get 14 years and how this really is a double conversion. Right, here we are. Sixth seal, seventh seal. There's a real contrast between the end of the sixth seal, the great earthquake, all the chaos, and the opening of the seventh seal. So when you open up the seventh seal, the contrast is amazing between the sixth and the seventh seal. And when you open up the seventh seal, of course, Constantine is in power. So, quick timeline. You know this so, so, so very well. 312, Constantine is the ruler in the West. We've seen that before. Twelve years later, this is Revelation 12, the war in heaven. Twelve years later, Constantine in 324 is now the ruler of the world. 
We also know that in 330, well, 326, he moved his power, his seat from Rome over to Byzantium, and we know that it was then changed to Constantinople in 330. What's this got to do with silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour? Well, Constantine dies in 337. So there's the death of Constantine. So in Revelation 8 and verse 1, it opens up, and the seventh seal opened, and there was silence in the political heavens of Rome for about the space of half an hour. If you haven't got that written in your margin in Revelation 8 verse 1, silence in heaven is AD 324. So when Constantine comes in and there's political stability and silence in the political heavens of Rome. Therefore, from the time Constantine takes power of the whole world until the time he dies is the period of 14 years, historically. Now, brothers and sisters, the contrast is this, and young people, chaos there with all that was going on in the sixth seal. Seventh seal opens there. There's Revelation 8, verse 1. It opens up, and in contrast to the chaos of the sixth seal, there's silence in the political heavens for 14 years. Revelation 8, verse 1, and John sees these angels standing there in the silence about to receive each a trumpet. Seven trumpets, these seven angels. Now let's look at the time period very quickly, and that'll be our night together. Chapter opens. There was silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. John listens, hears nothing, there's silence for about a half an hour. Twelve hours in a Jewish day? Yes. Jesus said that in John 11 and verse 9, not John 9. And of course we have this statement or these statements often in the New Testament. It was about the sixth hour, it was about the ninth hour, taking it from 6 a.m. So there are twelve hours in a Jewish day. One hour is a twelfth of a day. A half an hour is a twenty-fourth of a day. All happy with that? So far? Pretty easy? Absolutely. Let's apply the day for a year principle based on those quotes we looked at. Therefore, twelve hours in a Jewish day, twelve months in a year. One hour is one month. You've already looked at that. There's a single conversion. One hour is one month. Or one hour is thirty days. One hour is 30 days, single conversion. A half an hour being a 24th of a day, well, a half an hour is a half of a month. Or a half an hour singly converted is 15 days. A half an hour is 15 days, single conversion. Happy with that? Okay. 15 days with a double conversion, so we convert again to meet the decorum of the symbol, which I'll show you right now. A single conversion is a half an hour is 15 days. So if it was singly converted, there was silence in heaven for about 15 days. Mm. We're going to do, we'll convert it again. 15 days is 15 years. That's our second conversion. First conversion, second conversion. With me so far? No problems. Therefore, brothers and sisters, the record says there was silence in heaven for about, about the space of half an hour. We're suggesting to you, therefore, that that 14 years is the about the space of half an hour. It is, therefore, from AD 324 when Constantine comes in and woof, there's silence in heaven. Until he dies in 337, the peace as a result of Constantine's victory over paganism was that 14-year period. 
Now, where's the decorum of the symbol come in that necessitates that we have to convert once and convert again? Here's the question. This is the question I'll ask you as we wrap up, wrap up our class. If this time period was only to be singly converted and it would end up being 14 years, what would the record say? There was silence in heaven for about the space of, if it was only going to be a single conversion, 14 days. Here's John, appropriate decorum. Here's John, he's just been writing about all the chaos, all the drama, all the colour of the sixth seal. The seventh seal opens and John's got his parchment there and there is silence. There is silence. Now if John was standing there for 14 or 15 days waiting for the next act in the drama, it would be inappropriate. There was silence in heaven for about the space of a half an hour. So God just shrinks it and shrinks it to make it fit the appropriateness of the symbol and we extend it and we extend it by the context of the chapter and also looking at the historical narrative of the events of Constantine. So, 14 years. So therefore, brothers and sisters, as we wrap it up, there we are. There is the chaos of the sixth seal. By contrast, there is the silence in the political heavens of Rome. 14 years or about the space of half an hour. And when Constantine dies in verse 5 of Revelation 8, there is chaos back again. Finishing it off, if you just want to, if you haven't done this before, if you just turn your Bibles to verse 5 of Revelation 8, and you read there, there were thunderings and lightnings and voices. Revelation 8 and verse 5, thunderings and voices and lightnings. Now be careful, that little sentence there is AD 337. That's the death of Constantine. That's the end of the silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. AD 337 is the lightning, the thunders and the voices. That's when Constantine's three sons wanted to carve up the empire and they were squabbling and squabbling and squabbling. And then the next verse says, and an earthquake. That earthquake is AD 361. That's when Julian came in, Constantine's nephew, and said, I've had enough of Christianity, I've had enough of the Catholics, I'm bringing paganism back again. And paganism came back for two years, it was a little earthquake, lasted two years, and then Catholicism came back. Let's just finish off. Not with that. It's too late. Not with that. That one. No, what, what, what happened? Well, hang on, we'll go back, 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 back. Right, let's finish off with this one. Why is there no conversion? No single conversion? No double conversion? Why do you think there is no conversion with a thousand years? Tis? Tis? What if, we did, what if we did try to singly convert it? How many days are there in a thousand years? How many? So if we tried to singly, just singly convert that, that's 360,000 days, which the Lord Jesus Christ and we would reign for 360,000 years. Nope. It doesn't fit, it does not fit the seven days of creation. It doesn't fit the 7,000-year plan. 
where the Sabbath is the seventh day of rest and the millennium. doesn't fit that context. And you could not singly convert from, say, 360,000 years that the kingdom will be. Besides which, brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus Christ as king. There is no reduction. There is no reducing. There is no minimizing of his kingdom. His kingdom will be magnificent. And that time period stands in its glory for the seventh day rest and the seventh day of Jesus Christ's reign. Thank you, brethren and sisters. I think that is... Thank you for listening to the Good Christadelphian Talks podcast. We hope this talk helped you in your walk. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe for new episodes and leave a review in Apple Podcast or whichever service you are using to help more people find the show when they search for it. If you enjoyed this particular talk, please share it with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. For show notes on the talk you just listened to, visit our show page at anchor.fm gct or check the show notes section of your podcast player. Please share your thoughts on the talk from this week on our Facebook or Instagram pages where we are at Good Christadelphian Talks, on Twitter where we are at GCT underscore podcast, or leave a comment on our YouTube channel where these talks are posted as well. If you know of a great talk, we want to know about it too. Send a suggestion to our email at goodchristadelphiantalks at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media accounts. Thank you for listening. God bless and talk to you next week.